are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen? People have been asking what that box is for a very long time. You're going to start to figure out a little bit about it today. But before I get into that, I find that uh, Cold Lake is changing so quickly. Amen? Man, I, I, I drove down this year to the north to uh, take Dan back to the hotel there. And as I drove uh, down Main Street there, all those lights, uh, the new lights on the thing, I was just kind of like, that's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's pretty, and uh, some of you are like, no, I hate it, I think, by the looks of it, but uh, I think it's pretty neat. Um, and uh, I, it's just so neat to see, see Christmas, just to see people coming together, and the lights on the houses, and, and the, just the different things that change. So with this box up here, this box here um, is part of our, our new series that we're starting off today called Seasons of Hope, and on July the 20th, uh, July... That's my anniversary. On, on December the 23rd we, is a Sunday morning. We're going to have one service, December 23rd, and one service, December the 30th. Mark it in your calendars at 9.30. And uh, we're going to open up this box sometimes in the, in the, uh, in the service. And this clock is going to get down to zero on that day. Now, some of you who are mathematicians are amazing in saying, well, Pastor, that's not working. It's, it's 29 hours left. Let me tell you what happened, okay? When I was preparing for this back in September and getting ready for this, uh, this series, I thought, you know what would be really cool? I, I, I meet with what I call like a, 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 a creativity team, and we talk about it. I say, here's the message that I want to preach, and we just throw ideas around that what, what could be fun. And, and we came up with like a countdown that this is going to count down all of December, nonstop, and then at, at like whatever, 10.45 or whatever time we set it for, we will open up the package there. So... Uh, I got all ready, I, I went and tried to find an LED countdown clock, and, and as I was looking at the different clocks, I'm like, man, they're pretty expensive, but I found a fairly inexpensive one on eBay, and I ordered it, but then I realized that it only counts down for 99 hours, which is four days, which doesn't really help us out very much. So math has never been one of my strong suits, okay? And uh, so you're just going to have to pretend with me this morning that this time has got all kinds of time on it, and on, on December 23rd, at sometime like 10.45, the service is going to start at, uh, at 9 o'clock, maybe, maybe 9.45, that that is going to hit the zero mark, and we're going to open that up, and there's going to be a gift for everybody in there. So can everybody just, just look at it and just say, hey, uh, that mathematically doesn't work out. Yeah, you're right, but just pretend with me this morning, okay? All right, you guys are wonderful and gracious. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the number one single of all time selling over 50 million copies is Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Not only is that the number one album, but I found out the number two album was Elton John's tribute to Princess Diana, Candle in the Wind, which sold 33 million copies. That means White Christmas has outsold the, uh, uh, the number two album by what, 14 million Actually, 17 million. I told you math wasn't my good, my strong suit. 17 million copies. I don't know if you've seen the movie White Christmas, but it takes place in front of this rickety old uh, set. 
in the middle of a war with the sound of bombs going off, and Bing steps out to entertain the troops. And he starts to sing White Christmas, and the troops just kind of get lost in this whole thing of remembering what home is like, remembering where it's safe, remembering getting together with families, and that whole, that whole understanding about, you know what? What is Christmas all about? I'm going to ask James to come now. And uh, James, I think, was pretty nervous. This is the first time James has sung a solo, I believe. Is that right, James? <laughs> but I've asked James to come and share with us this morning in singing White Christmas. Christmas 
Way to go, James. <laughs> Amen. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Come on down. I want to give you some, some loving. So what is a white Christmas? You know, if someone would say, Lance, you've lived in Cold Lake long enough, just uh, open up the door and take a look. You'll know exactly what a white Christmas is. You know, I believe that if Jesus is the reason for the season, that the birth of our Savior is what, the sa- is, is what Christmas is all about. And you see, why do we call Jesus our Savior? We call Him our Savior because He's our Redeemer. And in order for Him to be our Redeemer, He had to make us as white as snow. See, we're going to get into that in a little bit, that Isaiah talks about that. But yet, if we look at white Christmas and we understand that that white Christmas is actually the redemptive work of Christ and what He's done for each one of us to be able to give us access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to be give, open up that door for us to walk in it with an eternity with Jesus, it is absolutely amazing. See, Christmas doesn't depend on the weather. Man, I, I, I remember a few years back, uh, Cindy and I uh, went to Disneyland one time, and, and, and we, we went in there, and it was the Christmas time, and it's kind of like, this is different. I, I think it was Christmas Day, we, 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 were, we were there, that was the first time we were out of Canada for Christmas, and, and, and when we walked in there, in, in California there, they, they, they set up all these bubble machines to make it look like it was snowing, and it's kind of like, you know, for, this is a California Christmas, white bubbles. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're in Hawaii, if you're in Canada, whether, the, whether you've got green grass right now or whether, whether we have white snow and it's minus 27 outside. A white Christmas is the redemptive work of Jesus Christ that he paid the price for each one of us on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. You see, Jesus came to the world to bring freedom to the captives, to fulfill the Scriptures, to be the hope for mankind. So that if Jesus is our hope, He's the hope for mankind, this season we celebrate His birth, we can find hope and forgiveness. 
He came to be the sacrificial lamb. He became the white Christmas that gave us an access to eternity through relationship. So every time we listen to the radio, and we, or we listen to the satellite right now, and we're, we're hearing the Christmas songs come on, and white Christmas comes on, whether we're hearing uh, on the radio James or Bing sing it, take heart, the world says, for I have overcome the world. Isaiah says, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Christmas truly is a season of busyness. Some perhaps, even in this room, are not even looking forward to Christmas. For it has many, many, uh, for many people, it's the hardest time of the year. Maybe you're here and you've lost a loved one this past year or in past years, that every time Christmas comes, it's kind of like, Lord, it reminds me of what it used to be like. Maybe maybe when you were a little kid and you remember back at your household and Christmas was a drunk fest. See, I I had my mom come and share with us a few uh, Christmas Eves ago, and that's what it was like for her. My mom hated Christmas. Because the uncles would come over, they would get drinking, and every single year, my, my mom's dad would lift her out of the second floor window, drop her down in some snow so she could run over for safety at the neighbor's house in her nightgown and, and, and nothing on her feet. That's what Christmas was like. But we have Christ, the hope of glory, living inside of us, shining His life and piercing the darkness. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles this glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This season we can remember that we have the hope of glory living inside of us. And if the hope of glory is inside of us, what do our lives need to be like? The weather doesn't make Christmas What makes Christmas is the hope in pureness of our hearts through the sacrifice of Jesus. But I guess the Beatles really nailed it when they sang, all you need is love. Each one of us need to be loved. And this is how God chose to love us. I love 1 John 4, 9-10. It said, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son in the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Do we know what love is? Or do we have a tainted view of love? See, again, every single person in this room has a different upbringing and a different story. A different expression of what that word love means. But God loves us so much that He gave it all for us to be able to be with Him. God gave us the ultimate love through Jesus Christ, His only Son. God love cost Him everything. And if we have that hope of forgiveness, it's a gift that we, as the body of Christ, need to share. 1 John 4.11 says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. Love is the key that the world so desperately needs. Love will unlock doors and bring the mighty to their knees. For without love, there is void that hurts and takes us on a journey of self-discovery to be able to fill this void. 
many people know what I'm talking about? See, I came to relationship with Christ later on in life. And I went on this journey to fill that void that was inside of me with everything that I possibly could get my hands on, but it was an unsatisfied void. And only the hope in Christ is what came in when it was like, yes, this fills that heartache. How many people know what I'm talking about? For when much is given, much is required. I have no right to be the pastor of this church. I know my life. I know what I've done. I know what sins I had to atone for, or God has atoned for me. But yet he came before me and he says, Son, don't let your past define you, but let your future define you. It is thrown away as far as the east is the west, never to be remembered again. I said that you are a new creation. And all of a sudden, that, that spirit of love gets deposited inside of our hearts. And something needs to change in our lives that we're not like we used to be anymore. I remember Cindy and I did a, a cruise uh, years ago with, with some friends of ours from Calgary. And we always liked to choose, it was myself and Cindy and, and a couple named Kurt and Lois, and we always liked to choose a table of like eight or ten because then you get to meet other people and kind of hang out with them and, and, and have some fun every, every dinner time. So uh, this cruise was no different. We put ourselves at a table of, of, of eight or ten and started meeting the people. And, and it was a big round table. And beside us, there was another big round table. And I remember the first night, everybody's in the table. And the second night, that big table, the lady, there was an older lady there. And she sat by herself. And nobody else showed up for dinner that night. And I thought, oh, you know what? Like, like if she was the odd man out and they all came as a, as, as a couples or, or, or friends like myself and Kurt and Lois did, maybe they all went to the... The, uh, the expensive restaurant you can, you can go on, an, on on a night. But it left her by herself over there. And the next night, it happened again. And I just kind of started watching this lady. And you know what? She was miserable. She started getting in a fight with the, with the server. And I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, but man, they're the nicest people in the world. They make you feel like a king. It's just kind of like, what in the world possibly can be wrong? But she just... She's just being so ignorant to this server guy. But then I, know, I saw something that I've never seen in my life. The server guy just started giving it back to her, and he's just lipping her off and just, just being real sarcastic and putting her down. I'm just like, man, I've never seen this before. And it, it, it drew the attention of the table that we're watching this lady who's just, just venomous. Kurt reaches over to me and goes, I dare you to go over there and sit with her. And I'm like, I, I'll take your dare. And I went over and I sat down right beside her and she looked at me and she goes, what the hell do you want? And I'm like, um, I don't know. I said, I just came over here to, you know what, you just look like a lady with a story. And she just softened. And I found out that she was Jewish. I found out that her husband had passed away and she, she goes on cruises now just to kind of meet people and that she met the people at this table and they were all together, the people in the table, and they just, she just didn't get along with them so they, they just decided that they're not going to come down and be around this lady anymore so they started going to the buffet and, and she said, here she is at a table of ten by herself. And she's just sitting there and you could just hear the heartache, the pain of I need love. And nobody's willing to give it to me. And as I'm hearing her story, 
and she's just going on, I will never go on this cruise line again, I will never do this again, blah, 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 I've been on so many cruises in my life, and this is the worst, and, and she's just going on, she's like, and nobody on this cruise uh, spent some time with me, and I, I said to her, well, I'm, I'm here. I said, would you like to join our table? Because, you know what, I think underneath here, there's a wild party happening. And all of a sudden, she just started to cry. And she just melted. And that little dare, that little joke like, whoa, look at this feminist woman. I dare you to go over there. Turned into a God moment where, where I thought when I went over there, I thought she was going to take a fork and stab my eye out. Jesus Christ died for us. Giving us hope. And now that we've received the hope of Christ who's living in us, we need to be that changed creation. We need to be Jesus with skin on here in the world where all of a sudden we're going out and sharing the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. All of a sudden we're getting out there and sharing the love of God. And you never know what doors God will open. It's absolutely amazing what love can do. It's so powerful. Like Jesus says in Matthew when asked, which of the commandments are the greatest? He replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We are the hope of Christ. We gain His hope. And when we say yes to having Him as our Lord and our Savior... Will you let His love shine? Will you allow Him by His Spirit to chisel you and to transform you into His masterpiece? This morning I really felt just to have a a really short message this morning. But I wanted to conclude it with a, a video that I have showed here once before. But I think that it's just so powerful. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be His masterpiece. I want to be everything He created me to be. And so I go to Him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of Your Son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh, why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh, okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. 
What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hang on. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. Mm. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work, and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away, because ultimately, you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just, um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um... It's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. You see, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't. Talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. 
But you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways can... are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning. I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning... And I look at him in the mirror. And I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away, just... Be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say 
You want to use me. And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, then use me. God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. God doesn't make junk. This season, this season of hope, I just want each and every one of us to remember that we've had times where we failed. We've had times where we've fallen short. We have times where we've run into the arms of other things, but not into the arms of the Lord. But He is our hope. And we can have hope in the white Christmas knowing that His salvation, knowing that His sanctification is for us today. I don't know where your relationship with Christ is. I don't know if you know Him in that place of a personal Savior, but that's where it starts. With saying, Lord Jesus... I need you to be Lord of my life. But I imagine the majority of people in here are already at that place. For us, it's important that we continually run to Him. That we continually say, God, I've had circumstances, I've had situations come my way Lord, I've fallen so far away from what you want in me. But God, chisel away. Because Lord, I do want you to be Lord of my life. Would you stand to your feet?
So I think very strategically, we as a church put the Kleenex up at the front. If you'd like prayer this morning, I'd like to call Effie and Hayward and the other prayer team if you're here. We would just love to pray with you this morning. We'd just love to agree with you that you're not junk. That God's got a plan. And I don't care how far away you think you fell or how far away you think you are. This is the season of hope where he wants to deposit that deep into your spirit and say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In Jesus' name. Come for prayer. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.